If you could please pray, come Holy Spirit with me three times. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I ask that you send forth your Holy Spirit upon every single person here right now. Come Holy Spirit. And as you walked into the lives of the apostles in the upper room when the doors were locked, Lord Jesus, I just ask you to walk through the minds, hearts, and bodies of everyone right now and speak those beautiful words as we heard today. Peace be with you. And please break those chains, those locks around their minds, bodies, and hearts so that we may know that we have a mission of good news, a divine mercy to share with all those we encounter. And I make this prayer in Jesus' name, who is Lord and Savior forever and ever. Amen. As we enter into the Easter season, one thing that's a really popular thing to do is to buy flowers, and I'm not a green thumb. Um, but in the house that Pat and a few of the guys and I live in is I went and bought some flowers this past week, and one of the rooms got, it gets really good sunlight, and one room does not. And one of the set of flowers I bought, I put right next to a window. And the other one I left in that room, it doesn't get good sunlight. And by about Wednesday or Thursday, the room without sunlight, the flowers were just kind of like just bending over slowly but truly. And that made me deeply sad. Um, not true. But it, they did bend over. They just get like really like bent over. And I was like, hmm, sucks to be you flowers, but not really, you know. <laughs> um, but anyways, the, but the flowers that were by the window that were receiving light, uh, I just noticed how they were upright and they were stronger. And there's just a very simple message there for you and I uh, to take away with us this day is that when you and I remain in the light, especially of Christ, of course, uh, we are much more confident, we have much more hope, and we have much more joy. But when we hide in the darkness of our sin or even hide in the darkness of fear or anger or whatever our sin that we struggle with is, we get bent over. And we feel like the world is it's too much for us to carry. And that's what Jesus' job is, is for us. So my goal today is to shed light upon the message of divine mercy for each of you individually, but also on the topic of suicide, because we have to talk about that because it's just, it's just so, so detrimental to our culture and it's, it's affecting all of us. And to do nothing about it is irresponsible, especially if we've been given the responsibility of carrying this good news of the gospel. Jesus in our gospel today, he walks into the upper room of the, the apostles but the doors were locked, right? So that, that symbolism of a lock is, is more for you and I today than it was for the apostles because the apostles, they gave, Jesus, they gave Jesus permission. They gave him their lives already. They already surrendered everything. They already ordained priests, right? But for you and I, that the locked door is a symbol of fear of you and I letting the Lord completely into our lives. And I don't mean like just halvesies or a kind of in, but like letting them all in, like really giving him complete control. I think a lot of us, we think if we do that, He's going to come in and he's going to look at things and find things he doesn't like. And we're going to be, you know, just, he's going to like say, you, you could be doing so much better. But no, if it's the Lord, if you want to know it's the Lord and you're doing these things, the first thing he wants to speak to you are these words. Peace be with you. Like the Lord wants you to have peace, but it's a peace that only he can give. You can't find it on Netflix. You can't find it by drinking. You can't find it anywhere else. You can't even find it in other people. Only the Lord can give it to you. And it's a peace that costs him his life. So he, he shows the, the apostles his wounds of, uh, in his hands and in his side, saying this peace is of deep, deep worth. It cost me my life to give you this peace. 
But notice how he doesn't say, you all abandoned me. Like, what were you doing? You all abandoned me. He doesn't say that. No, he says, peace be with you. And then he says, peace be with you again. But this time, he says, receive the Holy Spirit. That's what he wants you and I to do is receive the Holy Spirit, which is the love that was always in his heart. He wants you to receive his very heart and receive the Holy Spirit. But to the apostles, he says, those whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and those whose sins you retain are attained. When you and I live in the light of confession, and we live in the light of what the Lord has done to us, we, we have so much more confidence. We know we have somewhere to go. When I'm living the dark too long, I get my butt to confession. And the light of Christ falls upon me, and I'm able, able to be resurrected. That's why when you go to confession, typically you kneel. And you stand up and you leave a new person, and your sins have been absolved through the mercy of Jesus. But some of us doubt that. And this Sunday is called Divine Mercy Sunday, but it's also known as Doubting Thomas Sunday. Thomas is the doubter, and this Sunday is just for you. If you doubt, uh, I doubt, right? Sometimes we doubt, is the Lord really working, or could he really do that with me? Would he really, if he really came in uh, into my heart completely, and I really said, Lord, locks and all, break them, shatter them, you can do whatever you want to do, would he really do that? And, and Thomas, here is the other apostles say, we have seen the Lord. He's like, nah, yeah, but, right? Yeah, but. Um, unless I stick my fingers into the nail marks in his hands, my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, which is where we are now, a week after the resurrection, the Lord comes into the upper room, doors are locked again, and Jesus comes in, the first words he speaks are, peace be with you because he knew there was one that didn't get it yet. The apostles were trying to tell him, his best friends were trying to tell him, we've seen the Lord. He said, no, no, no. And the Lord says something that's very interesting, and I think it speaks right into the light of the need for us to be really keen on suicide. The Lord says, hey, Thomas, come here. Put your finger into my nail marks. Put your hand into my side. How would Jesus know that? Like, how would Jesus know that Thomas said those words? because he was there the whole time. The good news of the gospel, the good news of divine mercy, is that our God is omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's always present. He's everywhere, which means you can always be in his light, which is really good news. But it means that he also works outside of time. God is not, he's not inside of time. He entered into time in Jesus. But for God, everything is just one big event. Everything is just one big event. That means you and I can tap into that reality that nothing is outside of time for God. We can actually pray over past sins and invite Jesus in there and he can be very present, even in our doubt. And what happens as Thomas now touches his wounds, his doubt, did Jesus doubt? The Lord shatters his doubt as he wants to shatter your doubt and my doubt. But you have to be courageous. You have to think of the courage of Thomas that sometimes we so, so, we miss, so often we miss. We think he was a doubter. He was one who wasn't there. What's he doing? What an idiot. What a moron. Whatever. And sometimes we speak that way to ourselves. But the Lord is so good. Our God is so good. His goodness is what transforms us. His relentless pursuit of us coming into our locked doors of your life and my life, it transforms what we do. So Thomas has the courage to literally take his hand and stick him in the Lord's wounds. And those same words come out, peace be with you, Thomas. He literally puts his hand into the Lord's side, which touches his heart. And he hears the words, peace be with you. And 
And Thomas says those beautiful words, my Lord and my God. Those five words are so beautiful, so powerful. And what that means is that now Jesus is the center of everything he does. He is the God of the universe. He is the one who can work outside of time. And why that's so important for us in light of suicide is because the numbers are so detrimental. And we suddenly wonder, if someone committed suicide, like what hope is there for them? I don't know about you, but like during the whole pandemic and, and seeing the numbers of depression rates and suicide rates just skyrocket, skyrocket it just kind of freaks me out. Like we, we know that, I've told you this statistic before, but the CDC says that the number two leading cause of death, the second leading cause of death for your generation is suicide. Like that's, that's scary stuff. Um, and I'm not trying to scare you, but I want to bring awareness during the first few months of the pandemic, over 600,000 calls to the suicide hotline went through. And people were in need of help. And we focused on the virus, and, and I'm, not, I'm not poo-pooing the virus, but the chance of you dying from the virus is like 0.05%. And people needed help, and they were told to stay away. But our Lord is not like that. Our Lord is so good. And the other thing with suicide, as far as like worldwide, is that there's more deaths via suicide than there are of war. Like there's over 800,000 deaths suicide worldwide every year, and it's only going up. Another thing we see going up is people not accepting the good news of the gospel, right? There's like a, a direct correlation. So my assumption or my proposal to you all is that if we actually live this message of divine mercy, the numbers will go down. We've got to stop pointing fingers at other people. We have to like touch our wounds, the Lord's wounds. And we have to start saying those words, my Lord and my God. We have to be convinced that he is truly the Christ. Because as, as the gospel ends today, we hear the words, we hear these words. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his, disciple, of his disciples that are not written in this book. But this one was written that you may come to believe, that you may have faith. That means you have confidence, you have trust, you have hope that this is what the Lord wanted you to know. And the message of divine mercy, if you want to look at that, is it's a message where we realize that Jesus is truly the Christ. The darkness around him is, is sin, is, is doubt, is despair, is hopelessness, is suicide, whatever you want to call it. It's whatever is not of God. And Jesus' left foot is coming forward because it's his initiative. He wants to take the locks, the chains of doubt and fear, anxiety, depression, suicide, off the culture, off of everyone. That's his desire. We know our Lord is a gentleman. You have to let him in. Revelation 3.21, we know that one. Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and knock, says Jesus. And if you open the door, I will come in and dine with you and you with me. His right hand is raised because he wants to bless you. He wants to shatter those chains with his blessing, with his mercy. His left hand is pointing towards his heart, which has white common crown, which represents baptism and confession, where you're washed clean, where you are adopted into his family. And the beautiful thing about adoption is that you are chosen. When you're born into your, your, your physical family, you don't get to choose who your parents are, but our God chooses you. He literally chooses you over all the things in the world. He chooses you. And the first thing he wants to speak to us is peace be with you, right? The red represents his, his blood, right? The Eucharist. And he wants to feed you and help you know of his infinite mercy, which is also known, the Eucharist is known as medicine, the medicine of angels. And where I think a lot of us need to really move to is to, to his face. And stop having shame. And just look at his face, look at his loving gaze. 
If you have a card, you can look at the card if you can't see the image. But he looks at you with love. There's no shame in the gaze of Jesus. And if you and I remain that loving gaze, there's hope there. Hope springs eternal. And think if you live there, if you lived in that place of knowing that you are loved beyond all doubt. And you can say, my Lord and my God, just over and over and over as you just just gaze upon him. There's no words that need to be spoken, really. And, it's just an, and he, just, he, he just adores you. And this is where, the, where the, good, the good news of divine mercy comes in for those who have committed suicide. Again, I said earlier, our Lord can work outside of time. So that means at the instant of anybody committing suicide, whether they pull the trigger, they jumped 26 floors, or they hung themselves, or whatever they did, that means we can pray for God to have mercy on them the second before they passed. Like, that is good news. We can, our God works outside of time, so when we're praying things like the Divine Mercy Chaplet, so for example, the person who passed away, if their name was, um, I, don't, I don't know anybody's name, we'll say Zoe, for example. Uh, for the sake of his soft passion, have mercy on Zoe and on the whole world. And we place them before the Divine Mercy of Jesus. That's really good news. The Catechism, you know, look it up, paragraphs 2282 and 2283 say that the person who commits suicide is in such an unstable state, it's very, it's very unlikely that they, they could commit a mortal sin. That's also very good news. And if you don't know what it takes to commit a moral sin, it has to be grave matters. I think Ten Commandments broke one of those, right? You have to freely choose it, and you have the full consent of the will. And it's very, very rarely that they have full consent of the will because of a mental illness that's associated with suicide. But think if someone heard this message, that no matter what sin you commit, God can forgive it. There's not one sin outside of God's mercy. As, as the Lord spoke to St. Faustine in the 1930s, he said, the Lord is very aware of every single heartbeat that you have. Like nothing is unimportant to him. Divine Mercy also says that those who have the greatest sin have first right to God's mercy. Sometimes you and I feel like we are the biggest sinners, and maybe, maybe you are, I don't know. But that means God actually wants to come to you more in the graveness of your sin. Divine Mercy also says, Faustina heard from Jesus, nothing you confess will make Jesus love you less. That's really uplifting news. I say that every time someone comes to confession to me, Remember that nothing you confess will make Jesus love you less. Because what he desires to give you and I is peace. And when people are in that darkness, think if they had a message of hope. Jesus said to the apostles, and he says to you and me, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. That means you and I can now bring this image with us wherever we go, and there's probably at least one person you're going to encounter that you can share this message with. And there, our world is literally dying to hear this message. We can't point fingers at anybody else. The Lord has made it so easy for us. We just have to start thinking about how this could help others instead of thinking about ourselves like Thomas did before he touched his wounds, the Lord's wounds. Think of what good could happen if you start inviting people to come to live in the light and seeing them walking upright, actually looking up instead of looking at their phones, right? 
technology definitely has something to do with, with the depression rates and the suicide rates. We, we know that. But think if you and I were always living in that gaze of mercy when we were with people who are just deeply struggling and you don't know what to do, how to help them. What if you just got this image out and you carried it with you and you thought, I have to share the gospel with them right now. This is the gospel. The first thing the Lord wants to speak to you and I is peace be with you, right? And he wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to be sent. But notice how the Lord said, peace be with you three times. Why is that? The Lord says, peace be with you three times because he wants you to have perfect peace, a peace that only he can give you. So that means you just have to be willing to receive it. And my prayer and my hope is that you don't just let this message stay here, but you bring it with you. As Catholics, we're very into images, we're very into sacramentals, different things that help us pray, not because we're strong, but because we're weak. We need lots of reminders that the world is suffering and we have a message to share. St. Faustina was asked by Jesus to mass distribute this image wherever she goes. And she said, those who have complete devotion to this image will not taste the fires of hell. That is really good news. We have so much to be grateful for, our saints who walk before us, who teach us this way, and the Lord has given us a total gift and made it so easy for us. So when you're with someone who's in despair, and I'm guessing as finals get closer, there's going to be a lot of times despair, we say those words, Jesus, I trust in you, right? What does that mean? That means, Jesus, you take care of it. During our communion, hymn, communion time, we're going to play the, the litany of trust. And if you and I trust Jesus, it says that we will have life in his name. We'll have belief, we'll have life in his name. And if you don't want to have life in his name, you're the one who's just choosing to live in the darkness. And you just feel kind of weighed down. And nothing is good enough. And we complain and we avoid the light, but it's exactly what we need. And that's exactly what's coming from the Lord's heart, is light for us in the darkness. The beautiful thing is, the Lord is anywhere. He is everywhere. So that means you, you all have to do is make a choice and say, Lord, I invite you in. I invite you in. And if you want to know it's him, the words he desires to speak to you by name is peace be with you, insert name here. Because I live with him, I'll say, peace be with you, Pat, right? And let him say your name. Who doesn't like to be called by name? When he said those words, peace be with you, Thomas, that must have been such so uplifting to give him the courage to take his wounds and press them to the Lord's wounds, right? Not be afraid to let his hand touch the Lord's heart. I love this message. And I pray to God that you can share it with others. I'm so grateful that St. Faustina said yes to the Lord so we have something to share with other people. And, the, and she knew that there were people who, people who would doubt. But if you let the Lord come in, the first sign that it is him is peace, calmness, quiet. And then we just want to remain there. So I just want to give you a blessing as we enter into the Eucharistic liturgy. If you desire the Lord to come in, I also want to give you the blessing and I also want to remove those chains of doubt, of fear, of anxiety, of whatever it is to actually be a messenger of the message. Because as the world suffers, we have the, we have the, we have the ointment, we have the healing remedy. It is Jesus Christ and he is so good to us. So please bow your heads.
Heavenly Father, for anybody here right now who has chains over their hearts, over their minds or bodies, in the name of Jesus, I break them and I send them to the foot of the cross. And if they desire to let you in, I just ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into their minds and their bodies and their souls right now. And please speak to them, Lord Jesus, by name. Peace be with you. And please fill them with your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus. As you breathe the Holy Spirit upon the apostles, please breathe your Holy Spirit into every single person here right now to give them the confidence, the courage to spread this message of divine mercy. And Lord Jesus, please remove all doubt from their hearts of worrying about having the right words to say or being too big of a sinner. Please help them be focused on helping others and that'll be enough. You'll take over from there. Lord Jesus, please help your sons and daughters remain in your light so that they may trust in you to know that you are the way, the truth, and the life. You have come to set captives free. And you can work outside of time. Nothing is untouchable from your light. And for anybody here who may be mourning and grieving the loss of a loved one, especially if they committed suicide, please help them turn to divine mercy in times of despair and invoke your mercy upon all those who have or are considering suicide. And may Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm-hmm.